On Jake's take, we like to celebrate the excitement and the wins, but we also want to reflect on the losses. Obviously, we saw that in the past with the NBA playoffs that some of our Southern teams didn't make it as far as we wanted. And on some days, we want to say how upset that can be. But this isn't one of those days. You know, we should be excited. We should be thankful to see this growth and the excitement and the journey that these teams took. So on this episode of Jake's Take, while I usually am super excited about how our Southern teams do, I still am going to be that way because they came out, they played, and even if they're not moving on, well, the future is bright. So welcome to this episode of Jake's Take, where we reflect on how our Southern basketball teams did in the playoffs. Let's get into it. Let's go, don't wait, this night's almost over, honest, let's make this night last forever. So you probably saw the title, you probably got confused, and you probably got excited. Well, that was kind of the goal of this. Obviously, watching these teams in the playoffs can be some excitement, some confusion, kind of just a range of emotions. But the best way to put it, while I was also thinking of many titles or which direction I wanted to go into this, is just by taking it from a Panic at the Disco song, Hey Look Ma Made It, and then thinking about how when even though these teams were below 500 or at 500, they still made the playoffs. So in that sense, hey, look, y'all, we made it. The first team I want to highlight is the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks had a really good season. Obviously, we saw how well they did last year. We understand that they fired Lloyd Pierce, they brought in Nate McMillan, and then they were able to advance to the conference finals where they lost to the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks went on to win the championship. Now, this year, it was definitely a little bit harder, and you know we can understand that there are some growing pains. Nate McMillan was chosen as the full-time coach, and they had really high expectations. They did have some struggles with some defense, and they were kind of around 500 most of the year, but they did qualify for the play-in, and then they did win, and then they beat both the Charlotte Hornets and the Cavs, but they were also the eighth seed, and they went into five games against Miami, and Miami was one of the top seeds in the conference, and that was, you know, pretty hard for them. I think, you know, seeing that, it is a little bit harder just to understand that you have to go against some of these more advanced teams. You know, Miami had 10 more wins than Atlanta. And then Atlanta and Charlotte were neck and neck. So I think with this, obviously it wasn't the way that they wanted the season to go, but there's still a lot to be proud of. I think in regards to how the team did. You know, they still have some really good players. They still have a, you know, really good legacy, good coach. And then you obviously have your cornerstone in Trey Young. And then you have DeAndre Hunter. You have Kevin Herter. You have John Collins. And surprisingly, John Collins is the oldest one out of, I think, that team. Actually, no, that's Clint Capella. 
my fault. But this team still continues to do really well, and I think they have a bright future. It's a young team, and you also have Jalen Johnson, who you drafted last year. You have Kevin Knox, who you got in a trade. You have Lou Williams, who, well, that's Lou Williams. And then you just have a solid team. So I think the future is still very much bright for this team. It's just going to take some time. The East is a pretty advanced and pretty competitive conference. But I still have faith that, you know, who knows? Maybe the Hawks might surprise us again. I still very much think that Nick McMillan is the coach for this team. He, I think, is the perfect fit. And he took over this team midway through the 2020-21 year that season, led them to a first-place finish in the Southeast in the Eastern Conference. And then this year, he was in second place. Obviously, they're still a young team. But I still think that they are going to keep improving and still do extremely well. I mean, you're just looking at how he handled this team last year. He led them to a 27-11 and 11 record when he took over halfway through the year. While he only coached 38 games, he still did a really good job. And this isn't something where it's, oh, is this Nate McMillan's first time coaching? No, he has had previous experience as a coach. He was in Portland. He was in Indiana. And these are some pretty, you know, good teams too. I mean, he coached Indiana from 2016 to 2019-2020, and he led them to really good records. I mean, fourth in the Central, second in the Central. But I think the hump there was that he always lost in the first round. And I think with that, he might get some hardships or some, you know, some backfire, some feedback there. But I still think he did a pretty good job there. Um, You know, in his first year as head coach, he was also, you know, promoted in 2016 to become the head coach. He still had a pretty solid team. He had Paul George. He had Miles Turner, Jeff Teague, Lance Stevenson. And this was a pretty solid team. But I think, though, with this division, they were in the same division as the Cavaliers and the Bucks. The Cavaliers obviously went on and, you know, had their dominance. And then this was kind of the start of the Milwaukee Bucks dynasty. The next year, he loses Paul George. But he still has a pretty good team. I mean, he has Bohan. He has Victor Oladipo. Lance Stevenson again. Miles Turner. And he's still doing pretty well. But I think with it, though, is that he had the struggles because he wasn't getting over that playoff hump. So what does this mean for the Atlanta Hawks moving forward? Well, they still have their coach. I still think that they can get over the hump. I still think they can continue to improve, but this team has to grow up. And I think with that, it kind of comes down to accountability with the leadership on the team, whether it's DeAndre Hunter, 
whether it's Trey Young or even if it's, you know, John Collins, it's a really young team. And yes, we want to make sure that this team still continues to grow and improve. But you look at this team and there are so many people here who are just really ridiculously young. I mean, Danilo Gallinari was born in 1988. He's one of the older players there. Lou Williams is your oldest player. But when you have, you know, Trey Young, who was born in 98, and then you have Kevin Knox, born in 99, Jalen Johnson, 2001, DeAndre Hunter, 97, Kevin Herter, 98. You have such an age gap that maybe that's what's hurting you. Maybe you need to bring in some veteran leadership. I know you have Bogdan. Bogdan's done great. Bogdan is a really good change of pace person. So is Danilo. But you have to look to them more. Maybe that's what the Atlanta Hawks need is more of those veteran leadership or they just need Trey Young to continue to step up. But that's the thing too, where these teams can fall apart. If you have someone shouldering the entire load, that can be a problem. That can be a bit of an issue. The next team I want to focus on is the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, actually, the Memphis Grizzlies are still in the playoffs. And based on how they've been playing, it doesn't seem like they're going to be slowing down anytime soon. I mean, they're going up against the Golden State Warriors, and that's a pretty tough opponent. But they play the Warriors on Saturday, and they have this series tied up. Game one went to the Warriors, game two went to the Grizzlies. But these were some really close games. Game one, 117 to 116. Game two, 106 to 101. So I think right now, obviously, we've had our episode about Memphis and how they're an up and coming city and how they have some really remarkable players there. But this has to show for it. I mean, you look at this, John Morant had 47 points. And that's pretty remarkable to see how this is the two seed. And, you know, they kind of had that taste of the playoffs last year. But you also have to look at this as this is the Warriors. You know, this is the death lineup. Sorry, let me rephrase that. This is the death lineup in Andrew Wiggins. You had Clay Thompson play 41 minutes. You had Draymond play 32 Steph Curry played 39, and then you had Gary Payton, and that was a pretty big deal for having Gary Payton play three minutes. You obviously had Jordan Poole playing two, you had Otto Porter, but I think with this too, there was some foul trouble, and I think that kind of caused the adjustment too, but this is still, you know, a pretty remarkable game. Obviously, this three-point from the Warriors, you know, 7 of 38, you're not going to win with that. And then the Grizzlies, they were 14 of 45. But you also have to look at how the team around Jaw did. And that's the thing, though. You didn't have a lot of help. Jaron Jackson gave you 12 points. Clark gave you 10. Zaire Williams gave you 14 you need to have more people who are willing to help out because John Morant is not going to play 41 minutes every time. You need to 
find a way to kind of divide up his minutes. You know, he can't shoulder everything. And I think, obviously, we'll just have to see how Saturday goes. Golden State is favored there. But I think with this, you know, it also just kind of depends on which kind of Memphis team we'll see. Now, obviously, this game is going to be in San Francisco. So with this, you know, it kind of goes into the favor of Warriors because you have that crowd. You have those people who are going to be excited. But also Memphis doesn't really want to back down from a challenge. They've done a great job being the two seed. And I think they're going to continue to improve. But John needs help. He can't just put on 47 points every game. You need to have some of your role players step up. You need Jaron Jackson not to get in foul trouble. You need Desmond Bain to continue to step up. You need more variety. You need Tyus Jones. I think with this, you don't want to be one-dimensional. And if you want to pull off probably one of the best seasons you've had, you need to dip in to your role players. You can't just let Jaw keep going in there day in and day out because he's going to get exhausted and it could risk injury too. We obviously saw John miss some time with injury. We don't want to see that happen again. And of course, we do want to highlight the New Orleans Pelicans. Obviously, as a fan of the New Orleans Pelicans team, I wanted to see them improve. I wanted to see them move on. But I'm proud of what they were able to do. The Phoenix Suns were a really tough opponent. And you just saw that where the Phoenix Suns did just show more of their strength. But looking at these games, these were some pretty close games too. In the second game, the Pelicans won that one. The third game, you know, there was the, it looks closer than it actually was. No, it was more of some garbage time points. But you look at the final game in what Phoenix won. And that was pretty evident of this fight from this team. I think with it, a lot of people were expecting New Orleans to be swept. They were expecting that the Suns were going to win in four. But the Pelicans made sure to put up a fight. And now you're seeing it with Phoenix against Dallas. And it looks completely different. So obviously, this New Orleans Pelicans team has a lot of fight in it, you have Zion coming back. You have B.I. coming back. You have multiple players coming back. This roster is a good mix of veterans and young players. But what's also important is that everyone who is still under contract for next year will have playoff experience coming in. But I also think we just need to give a big shout out to Willie Green because he took over a coaching job that had some reservations about it. You just got rid of Stan Van Gundy the year prior. You had Alvin Gentry out. And I know that his record isn't going to look the best. I know it's not going to be the most exciting. But he took this team to the playoffs in his first year as a coach. He did it while experiencing injuries, trades, and oh yeah, Zion wasn't playing. So the only thing that this team can do is just go up. Next year, you have Zion coming back. You have Cairo Lewis Jr. coming back from his torn ACL. And most importantly, you have a team 
that has made it to the playoffs. And you saw that kind of just go off with Memphis. Last year, they made it to the playoffs. This year, look at them dominating. And I really think that this Steve Kerr, Monty Williams teaching moments is going to impact Willie a lot. Obviously, there's still a lot for him to learn. There's still a lot for him to improve, like rotations. And we don't know who New Orleans is going to get in the draft. You know, it could be so many different possibilities or avenues. But the future is so exciting for this team. And you saw how everyone was tuning in and everyone is really excited. Yes, I know that we wish the Pels moved on. But they did extremely well this year. And I think with this attitude, with how much fun they're having, because this team is fun. Oh, they're set. You know, you've got your leader in CJ McComb. You've got Brandon Ingram, who is probably one of the most funny people out there. You've got Herb Jones, a rookie, who is one of your most dominant defenders. You have one of the best centers in the game in JV. You have Zion coming back. And then, of course, you have some really good bench players, too. You have some really good depth. Obviously, guard is going to be a question for this team. But don't get me wrong. This team is going to be fun to watch. And they also have a top 10 pick. So the future is coming on for teams from the South. And who knows? These small market teams might have a few things up their sleeve. But that is going to do on this Friday episode of Jake's Take. I've decided that we're going to do some bi-weekly episodes. And I think it's just going to be great to kind of have some feedback, some ideas and insights for obviously the content we create, but also just having some more fun with it. As always, you can follow me on Instagram at Jake's Take Podcast or my personal one, Soap 14 We are now on Apple Podcasts. So in addition to Spotify and Anchor, we are on Apple Podcasts as well. So check us out on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts. We'll be looking into some other future media as well. And on Tuesday, look forward to that exciting player spotlight episode. Is it going to be about Herb Jones? Is it going to be about someone else? You'll find out on Tuesday. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoy this content and I look forward to seeing and hearing from you all soon. Take care.